1: And there aren't many who like me, so don't <laughs> with the ones who do, please. I know, and of all people who to like too you, he, cho- that he, like he, he
2: chose you? I just don't get it. <laughs> the power of the hand. <laughs> I guess so. You send a guy like that a hand, <laughs> yeah. you got a friend for life.
1: <laughs> Here we go, baby. PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, Week 13, the Joint Picks Podcast. I extended my lead yet again over Christopher last week, 10-6 and six straight up versus nine and seven we disagreed on only one game it came down to the monday nighter when the steelers held off the colts that gave me <laughs> the edge and by the way by the way for the second straight week pete has fucked up the best bets i was one in three i picked the under in the panthers broncos game and it went under 36 it was 23 to 10 so last week he was wrong in my favor and This week he's wrong against me. I can't trust any of these numbers anymore, guys. How can we trust them when we catch him every week with a mistake?
2: Oh, I well, who knows with Pete? Pete's more worried sometimes. He's not producing the show today, so we can really talk crap about him. But Pete's the king of I'd say it would be worse if he was producing the show. Every snarky thing on social media while he's probably counting and tabulating our scores. So that's where I'm not shocked. He's literally just he's one of those guys that can you know, somewhat focus on 10 different things, but you're not going to be perfect on all 10 different things. So I'm and not P- surprised. Pete just texted, I didn't though. take the under. I
1: did take the under. I wouldn't have taken the over. I said during the show, I'd take the under if it was 18. I took the under, not the over. I took the under. One and three. Thank you. Now I feel better. Well, we all need
2: right. I feel uh, like we need to bring out like the video evidence. I'm not sure what to believe now. We have just, it. I'm happy. Like that new commercial I'm happy to do it. it. We throw the red flag and we bring out the evidence. (laughs) Throw
1: it. It was Panthers-Broncos. The over-under was 36. I took the under and I made the comment that I would take the under if it was half that, although thankfully it wasn't. And I didn't because they scored 33 points. But I I know specifically because I picked the over in the Panthers-Ravens game the week before and it blew up in my face, so I rolled it again, taking the under Panthers-Broncos. So... One and
2: three. Wow, I love it. Pete three. getting crapped on even when he's not producing the, o- the show. This is a great show. The,
1: the, only thing, the only thing we need to audit is against the spread. I know the straight up both of ours because I, I track mine for the picks at PFT and I know what you and I disagree on. So I've got no doubt about the numbers straight up. Against the spread, I have right. to wonder. Best bets. We have to audit every week as we do the show, and we've and and look, we love Pete, but hey, you, you, you got to get the best bets right. We got a lot riding on this. We got a lot of pride riding on this. We got a lot of ego riding yeah, on l- this. Listen, I, I right. need it.
2: I need it big time. It's my only chance to beat you in something. So I'd like to have the bragging rights that I made the listeners more money than you did. So I'm I'm trying to win that one for sure. That's where I'm trying to go with this whole thing. And then wait, the other thing I want to know too is like. We know buying a ham is the way to Mike Vrabel's heart. What do we have to buy you to get to your heart? What is it? like? What's that one thing that if somebody bought, you were like, damn, okay, I'm friends with that guy forever. Is it pasta and meatballs? I mean, what is it for Mike Florio? Uh, 1942 tequila? I mean, what, what is that thing that, that does no. that for you? No. I I don't like people buying me
1: expensive stuff that I've never had before, like you did several years ago. Because then I develop a taste for it, and I have to go buy the expensive stuff. So you like the it, future is what you're because me. I I liked it, but it's cost me more money. Because now I got to go buy the expensive ass tequila. I can't just drink the uh, El Toro anymore, which actually is a real tequila, which I have a bottle of. Yeah, there it is. There it is. All right. That's not there. Me. It is. That. But hey, look, Pete, we're all human. We make mistakes. We're just having fun with you. If we didn't love you, we wouldn't be so candid about it. We don't mean to make you mad, but uh, but uh, it's two straight weeks. But last well, week, can I was sit here honest, and listen to the show. and text. Back. Where the
2: hell is he? Why can't he produce the show? What the hell is he doing? He's sitting here listening to us and texting us, but he can't produce it. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> we both are. You, well, Well, now, now that we fixed this, I
1: still am holding a very slim half game lead over you in best bets. We are both well underwater, though, in best bets, which is really our worst bets for this year. All right, let's get to it. This week. Two teams on a buy: the Cardinals and the Panthers, everybody else in the pool. All odds provided by Bet MGM. We start with Thursday Night Football. The Buffalo Bills taking on the New England Patriots. The Bills are three and a three-and-a-half-point road favorites. The over-under is 43-and-a-half. New England has lost four straight games when they were home underdogs, including week three against Baltimore this season. Chris, who do you have?
2: Well, you know, it's hard for me not to pick the Buffalo Bills in this matchup. I mean, I think the biggest thing that the first thing I worry about or I'm just not sure about is New England's offense versus Buffalo's defense. I know we can all have, you know, recency bias and go, oh, New England's offense looked pretty good last week against Minnesota. But as we discussed today, you know, Minnesota's defense not very good. And that was the first good showing we've seen from the Patriots offense in over a month. So that's where I don't really know what to expect out of that group. That's advantage number one as far as um, Buffalo. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, we discussed a lot of this on PFT earlier this morning, but uh, we got a hit on it here is that, hey, they've had issues with Josh Allen, they've had issues with the Buffalo offense in general here. Really, I mean, the win game where we ran the ball every play is really the, the, the only time they've stopped them, I want to say, in the last four or five matchups, really, when you get down into it. And then I think off of that, we know New England, not incredibly athletic up front. They have a hard time containing players like Josh Allen. They had a hard time dealing with the speed of the Buffalo offense to a degree. And as, as much as I know this Patriot defense is good, Mike, Almost like I say about the offense, I'm just not sure how good it is. I know it's good, like definitely top 10 ish good. I don't know if it's top 5 ish good where it's ranked right now. I think they've been fortunate to play some really shitty offenses that have helped that out a little bit. I'm going to go Bills 28 17 in this matchup. I I think the Bills are going to, this is going to be the start of them getting things correct and getting on the road to recovery of looking like the team we saw earlier this year.
1: An issue we didn't get to on PFT Live earlier today, which I think is very important, the Bills went through several days of extreme distraction, and they emerged from it with two wins. That's right, Mike. They had to go to Detroit for the home game, and they beat the Browns there, and then they had to go back on a short week, and they beat the Lions again, and and it was a a close game. They needed that great throw and catch between Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs to set up the game-winning field goal. So... Now that they've had a week, not the 10 days you usually get after playing on a Thursday, they get the 10 days on the back end in advance of their game against the Jets. But they've had a full week to settle down, to get back into a routine, and yeah. and I think that helps them. And, and also, Chris, I think you're right on the money. The Patriots' offense, not nearly as good as what we saw last week against a very bad Vikings defense, a bend but don't break, and then break some more, and then finally unbend and make a play sometimes to win games. It's not a great defense. It's statistically near the very bottom as it relates to yards allowed per game. And then you've got the New England defense, which, as you said, has looked very good against inept offenses, but it was shredded for 33 points by the Vikings, which was held to three points four days earlier by the Cowboys. So... I just think when it comes down to it, the Bills are good enough to outscore the Patriots by more than three and a half points. I got 31-24, and that may be giving the Patriots more credit than they deserve for the points they can put on the board, but I'll go 31-24 just because I'm I, i, I I'm kind of hoping for a more exciting game. I don't want it to be 10 points. I'd like it to be close. I'd like it to be a little like last Thursday night, which was a fun game to watch and very exciting. Right. It requires the Patriots to step up offensively. Maybe they can, but defensively, I just don't think they can match what the Bills are going to be able to do, especially now that they've settled down after the stuff that went on with the snowstorm.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you made that point, Mike. I think you're spot on. I think it got, you know, I I think a little bit like, you know, again, you know, one of my Simsisms swept under the, the, the radar there a little bit with the fact of all the stuff they had to deal with, let alone, like we discussed today. You know, a guy that's got a hurt elbow that didn't really get to practice much over the last three weeks. This is the first week, right, that we're really going into it where we're, Josh Allen's elbow is not the main story for the Buffalo Bills. I, at least I haven't read anything alarming about it or anything negative about it that way. So uh, I'm with you. I think this is a night the Bills kind of show. They're, they're, in a, they're in the upper class of the AFC, and the Patriots are in the middle class.
1: All right, let's move on to Sunday, 1 o'clock. Falcons-Steelers, they've had in recent meetings over the past 20 years some barn burners between them. Now the rosters are far different now than they were when they had those great games. But this one could get interesting. The Steelers' one-point favorites in Atlanta. 42 is the over-under. Steelers on this short week coming off of the win in Indianapolis, having to travel yet again. The Falcons home after almost beating the Commanders. And the Falcons more alive than the Steelers right now as the playoff chase goes, because the NFC South is so bad. Do the Falcons get to six and seven, Chris?
2: It's a coin flip game, you know, and it it is amazing. I mean, the Falcons here, they are at five and seven. They've lost three out of the last four, and they're still in the thick of things here in the NFC South. It really is. When you say it out loud, you're like, geez, that's a crappy division right there. Uh, the this is, I think, a matchup that favors the Pittsburgh Steelers. I do. You know, Again, like I said, I think this is going to be a close one. I don't expect any of, either one of these teams to blow the other one out. But where I think I like the Steelers more in the matchup is when the Steelers play teams that are one-dimensional – and the Falcons are one-dimensional and the fact that they're definitely a running football team and are way below average throwing the football. I just think that bodes well for the Pittsburgh Steelers and their defense. A little like we saw last week. You know, well, oh man, okay, wait, well, if Jonathan Taylor in the run game is the only thing that's going to beat us. They can focus on that and make things very hard. You know We've seen that throughout the year. Same thing when they played the Buccaneers. Buccaneers can't run the football. Oh, okay, wait, we can play pass defense the whole team? Whole game? All right, we're a different animal that way. So I think that's advantage Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And then uh, the Falcons offense, I mean, deep, the Falcons defense, excuse me, I, there, there's nothing to write home about. I just look at it and go, we know the Steelers' formula, short, quick passes, Kenny Pickett, accuracy. They're going to stay consistent with running the football, and I think this is the type of defense they're going to be able to consistently move the ball on. So I'm going to go Steelers 21-17 here, and they continue their grind to get back to 500, which I wouldn't doubt they get to, knowing the Steelers and, and the way they're built.
1: Well, and that's the thing. I never rule out the Steelers. I never Count them out, and Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season in his entire time with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have to win a lot of games down the stretch to get to nine and eight. They already have seven losses, but I believe in the Steelers in this one. There's just something about this team. They won that game on Monday night. Kenny Pickett is getting better before our eyes. This is one of the benefits of throwing a rookie into the fire. He gets better week in and week out. He sees things. He experiences things. The game begins to slow down. I was most impressed more than anything else he did on Monday night by the two-point conversion that looked a little bit like Joe Montana in the catch rolling right, a little more athleticism and speed and burst than Montana ever had, throwing that ball that threaded the needle right at the corner to George Pickens to put them up by seven points with – you know time left for the Colts to do something and thanks to the defense they couldn't and that's the thing it's about balance the offense is good enough the defense is still great and you put the two together they can find a way to win and i think they're better on paper than the falcons and i think they can go in there and handle the atlanta falcons and get themselves to 5 and 7 and be a very compelling team down the stretch not that they're going to make it to the playoffs but they can screw things up for the Ravens Chris we were talking earlier about how one of these teams that's currently looking good in the AFC may fall out of it altogether Ravens get swept by the Steelers and they may miss the playoffs again and I think the Steelers are good enough to be a problem for everyone they play starting with the Falcons so I've got 27 20 Steelers win Your score is 21-17. We both picked the Steelers to win and to cover. Let's move on to the next one. I mentioned the Ravens. They've got the Broncos coming to town. The Ravens, after blowing a nine-point lead to the Jaguars, are eight-and-a-half-point favorites at home against Denver, over-under of 38-and-a-half. It's the lowest of the week. Three of the last four games, the Broncos have had the lowest over-under of the week. Chris, do the Ravens take that sour taste out of their mouth from what happened to them in Jacksonville last weekend?
2: Yes, yes, they, they do. But I, I think it's going to be ugly. I don't think this is going to be an easy one. Uh, I'm going to take them to win 23-13 to 13 and just get the score out of the way right there. But uh, the, the one thing I'm a little concerned with with the Ravens is, you know, offensive line being a little banged up and then the running back situation. And I think the one thing that is very common to me at least this year or at least relevant and jumps out to me is when and it's this is a news. I'm not breaking anything that anybody doesn't know here. If you're not following, you know, if you're following the NFL, well, when they have no traditional run game, they struggle. It's just it's plain and simple. That's how they're built. Greg Roman's a good OC, yes, but you know nobody's writing letters to you know let writing letters home going, man, Greg Roman and his passing attack is special. You know, there's still some the of the same old issues there. There's it's simplicity. There's no great weapons to worry about in the pass game. And, you know, they, they need the run game to work to make the pass game more dangerous. It helps their play action pass. It helps the Lamar Jackson run game. And right now, they're getting stuck into a little spot we saw kind of earlier in the year where they're banged up in that department and they're not the same. So I think it's a struggle. And We know the Broncos defense is damn good, but I have no faith in the Broncos offense. None at all. And I think the Ravens will control the Broncos and yeah, they might score a touchdown and you know, a field goal here and there, but it ain't going to be anything special. Ravens 23, 13. I've
1: got a part of me that gets intrigued by the possibility of all of the heat that Russell Wilson has been facing and the talk about the birthday party and has he lost the locker room? That's the kind of thing that could maybe galvanize the team. And, and then, I think back to everything we've seen so far this year. I, I don't think any of it matters. I mean, there's still a team that is overmatched. Whatever the reason, they got plenty of excuses they can line up, injuries, et cetera. I, I just don't think that they can do it, and I think they are very close to falling apart. They had done a good job of not losing by more than one score in any game until they lost 23-10 to to the Panthers this past weekend. I've got 20-6 to in this one. The Ravens desperately need it. The Broncos know what their fate is. They know who they are. They know what they are. And I think they're just trying to punch the final six tickets and get to the end of the season so they can figure out what the hell they're going to do and what they're going to try to be come 2023. So I think the Ravens win this one. It should be easy if they're truly a good team. And and I, I, I look at it this way. It's hard to call yourself a good team when you blow a nine point lead against a bad team. And the Jaguars, all in all, are a bad team. They've got potential to be better, and you've believed in them, but they've fallen down more than they've managed to stand up. For the Ravens to blow that lead, that takes them down a major peg. You know, we were both thinking they were starting to get that Super Bowl shine to them with Roquin Smith. The defense is fixed, they're getting better, but. They've taken a step back. They need to reestablish themselves. They got more work to do, but they blow this they one, do. Chris. And they are—they are a team that we look at and say, "You may not make it to the round of
2: 14." Uh, no, I'm with you, and they're—they're they're that team, Mike. That you know, every year we kind of see and go, "Oh, wait, the, the the bye week seems like it threw them off," and you know, they went into the bye week looking awesome against the Bucks and awesome against the Saints. And then they came out of the bye week looking real average against the Panthers and average against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So yeah, we'll see. You're right. There's, there's some work to do there. Um, and, and, you know, well, again, I know Morgan Moses, he got banged up last week. It was Ronnie Stanley the week before. So I don't know the exact status of that offensive line. I know JK Dobbins is set to return from IR. You know, Gus Edwards is not totally a hundred percent healthy and, you know, we're having the same conversations about wide receiver as we always do in Baltimore, and that's not helping their football team. They, they got to they gotta do something to address that situation. I'm done playing that bullcrap with them. I don't understand you want to be a running team, but we're not going to get a scary receiver to go along with it. It's the perfect thing to go along with it, and they got to accomplish that this offseason. It's not fair to Lamar. Because injuries happen to their run game and then we go, what's wrong with Lamar and why aren't they why isn't he carrying the team? And yeah, well, it's hard with the formula he plays after a few injuries to expect him to carry it with his right arm, and that's where I feel for him a little bit.
1: From a game where one team is done to a game where both teams are done, the Packers at the Bears, Green Bay is a four and a half point favorite. Aaron Rodgers says he plans to play. Matt LaFleur, the coach of the team, says he expects Rodgers to play. We don't know if Justin Fields is going to play. I don't think it matters. Forty-three and a half is the over-under. Let me go first on this one. I think the Green Bay Packers win. I think they go into their bye at 5-and-8 with a glimmer of hope that maybe with some help they can get to the playoffs. But this is one. Just you dig down deep and you access some level of pride and you find a way after the last two losses that we saw in standalone primetime games. I've got them winning this game 30-20, to 20, regardless of whether it's Justin Fields, Trevor Simeon, Nathan Peterman or Jim McMahon, I don't care. I think the Packers win the game.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you in that sentiment. I am. And, you know, and I don't to expect 20. to see Justin Fields. 30 to 20. Okay. And I don't expect to see Justin Fields. I don't. You know, I think they're kind of leaving it out there because they want the team to prepare for the Justin Fields runs. But if he's like 75, 80%, I, 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 I think that's careless to throw him out there. Again, I wouldn't want to do anything to hurt him more and then affect our offseason and his development because we got something positive working here in Chicago. So that's where I'd be careful. The other thing, too, Mike, we always talk about Rodgers and stats, and he's very aware of that. Well, he's very aware of how shitty the Bears' defense is right now. Trust me. He's watching Mike White last week and going, damn, did he ever throw anybody covered? Was everybody open? All the four-yard passes he threw went for 15, 20 yards after. So he not gonna, he's not going to not play in this one. He knows this is the game that he could throw for four touchdowns in and 80% and make the season and the statistics look the right way. And, you know, added to that, I'm not expecting to see fields. But if we do see fields, yeah, I don't – Mooney's hurt now. I don't think there's enough there on that offense regardless. But I'm not expecting to see fields. I'm going 27-13, Packers. We'll move on to the next
1: game. The Detroit Lions still very much alive in either the hunt for a wild card berth and technically alive in the chase for the NFC North title, but they are getting very close to the end of the road. The Jaguars come to town as one-point favorites over the Detroit Lions. After the Lions have declared yeah. we are not the same old Lions, that spread is disrespectful to the Detroit Lions. Over under fifty one and a half. Chris, you have picked Jacksonville against the spread in all but one game this season. Are you picking Jacksonville to cover that one point spread this time?
2: Fuck yeah, I am. That's right. <laughs> I'm doing it, baby. <laughs> you weren't expecting that answer, were you? But yes, I am. No, I, 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 <laughs> I think I really. Uh, one, I think Jacksonville's more talented than Detroit. I do. And I know they're not the same old Lions, and I'm not trying to disrespect them. Yeah, obviously I'm a little bit more of a believer in Jacksonville. I'm going to take last week as kind of a jump-off point. That was the first time I saw Trevor Lawrence take over a game uh, for the first time in his career. He's played some good games, don't get me wrong. But last night, last week against the Ravens was a game like down nine in the fourth quarter He went above and beyond and made plays where you go, whoa, that's why they drafted that guy number one right there. Uh, That was special. Ooh, man, there's only a few guys that make that throw right there. He looked awesome. And I have a hard time thinking that Detroit defense is going to stop Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville does have very good balance. We know that. They can run it, throw it, do it all that way. And I think they have the proper matchup on defense, too. I do. I think they got enough big people up front to slow down that Lions run game. And, you know, I like their guys in the secondary there. I'm going to take the Jaguars going on the road and and riding this momentum a little bit. 27-24 Jaguars.
1: I've got 27-24, but I'm taking it the other way. I think the Detroit Lions, who had won three in a row before losing to the Bills, the Bills, in a game that was very tight, very close, it was down to the wire. The Lions aren't ready to give up. I don't know that they're ready to sneak into the playoffs, but boy, if they could get in, they could be dangerous. That old school mentality from Dan Campbell is starting to click, and I just think that you know the Jaguars got their win for the month. I I mean, there's just something about the Jaguars. I, I said earlier in the week that Trevor Lawrence and really the whole team, they're the kid that periodically brings home straight A's, but otherwise is barely passing. I need to see them with straight A's more often than once a year as a school calendar would go to make me believe that they've figured it out. So I've just got more faith in the Lions right now. I'll take them to win that one, 27-24. So same score by both of us, just different teams. All right, the Browns at the Texans. Browns are seven-point favorites at Houston, which is 1-7-1. And, And Chris, I'm going to go first on this because you almost convinced me to change my pick when we talked about this a little bit earlier in pft I, I, I almost yeah i almost went from the browns to the texans i almost did but then i sat down and thought about it and you know it's kind of like the broncos where hey you may have a reason to get fired up but still at the end of the day you're not good enough to make a difference and i think the texans may be fired up about seeing deshaun watson but at the end of the day they're just not good enough to make a difference and i don't think there's enough guys in that locker room who give a shit i mean damian pierce doesn't care a lot of these guys never played with Deshaun Watson. So, I just don't think it matters. I think the Browns are the better team. And Deshaun Watson may look a little rusty. Maybe they go run heavy with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and try to let Deshaun Watson build some confidence with maybe some short passes and just get a lead and, and just kind of go methodical. But I think they will. I think the Browns win this one 24-10 at the end of the day just because the Texans aren't good enough. And we've seen signs in recent weeks of the Texans falling apart. They shot their shot against the Eagles in that Thursday night game a few weeks back. And since then it just feels like they're disintegrating and it continues on Sunday.
2: Yeah, they're not good. We know that. I mean they, you're right. And and I I'm a, I'm gonna play a little the I I mean I had the yeah the same thoughts you did a little bit. You know, you're I mean, they know who they are. I guess I'm gonna play this a little bit as this is their one last gasp because they're gonna realize how big this game is just not to the fan base too. You're not going to be able to avoid it. And like I said, I think this is a game where the owner gets into the the head coach's ear a little bit and just, you know, hey, we would love it to stick it to Deshaun Watson here. I know that's all fluff and bullshit and everything like that, too. You know, I understand that. But I I have a hard time thinking Deshaun Watson's not going to be rusty. I, I mean, we saw that in the preseason game when he played Jacksonville. He was missing throws that we'd go, well, that's just an average, normal throw. How do you not hit that? Well, when you haven't played in two years, that's how you don't hit it. I can't expect it to be real smooth there. I think, you know, to all the things that line up, I want to go, man, the Texans can pull it off. But I think the things that you kind of laid out in the line are still the bottom line. They're just not good enough. They don't have enough players even to pull this off, even though I think they will be motivated. I think they will be able to run the ball on Cleveland a little bit with Damian Pierce and company and maybe control the clock. But at the end of the day, there's just not enough playmakers, and ultimately the Browns are going to run the ball all fucking day all over the Texans' defense, and that's why I can't do it. So I'm going to say the Texans give one more last shot, make it close, but I'm going to take the Browns 23-20, to 20, take the Texans covering. Uh, and based
1: on what we saw on PFT Live with Jacoby Brissett, blocking downfield maybe they should get him on the field as a fullback to help with that running game <laughs> they're not going to use him as quarterback anymore all right let's move on to the next one uh-oh uh, jets and the vikings Ooh. the vikings three-point favorites at home against the mike white led new york jets and over under a 44 and a half chris i'll let you have the first word on this one as white and company try to take the vikings
2: down to nine and three I, I've gone back and forth with this one. I really have, and you know, there's I, I I look at it, and when I kind of like just look at it for what it is, I sit there and just go, man, I I think the Jets as a complete team are better than the Vikings. There's things I like there, you know, about their team in totality more than I more than the Vikings. You know, the Vikings, it, it's, it's one of the weirdest things ever. I mean, it, in a lot of ways, again, I, I, maybe they're magical. I don't know what to say about them anymore. It's like four to the last five games, you guys have been outplayed, and you win them. It's, it's unreal, and that's where I'm amazed by it. And I am worried about Mike White on the road, in the Dome, up there in Minnesota. That's going to be really hard. But, man, I just think the Jets, first off, the Vikings, not a great run team. We know that. The Jets keep people at the line of scrimmage a lot, and they're tricky in the fact that they keep people by the line of scrimmage but really are playing pass defense. So they scare you with numbers at the line of scrimmage, and they're really just waiting to drop out and get into zone coverages and and make life hard that way. And I think a lot of their defense and how they scheme it up and the things they do there. And offensively, we've talked about this a lot. The Vikings, the defense, what they do, I think they're going to have a hard time stopping the, the, the Jets. The Jets have good balance, can run the ball. Mike White, I don't think, is going to be overwhelmed by this experience or being up there in the Dome. I don't think. We just got to see him in the Dome early last year against the Colts. It wasn't too much for him. I'm going to go Jets 23-20. I don't feel good about that, but I'm going to take the Jets getting the win on the road right now and kind of riding this wave that they got of energy that Mike White's given them. I still think it's wrong that they bench Zach Wilson, but I I think they're going to win this one. There's been a shift in the Vikings
1: offense where it used to be they had to run the ball and run it effectively to really get the passing game going, to take heat off of Kirk Cousins. But the offensive line has performed better, and even with Christian Derosaw out last week in the concussion protocol, and he was still in the protocol as of Wednesday, they did well enough. They limited Cousins to taking only one sack. And I feel like they can still work the passing game now, even if the running game isn't there. And Dalvin Cook hasn't had That's the true. same burst that we've seen in the past. Alexander Madison, in some respects, has caught Dalvin Cook, and it makes you wonder what they're going to do come next year. Madison's due to become a free agent. Could it be that Cook is, is reaching the end of the line in Minnesota? I haven't heard that, but we know how it goes with running backs. So the point is, the Vikings offense can operate even if the run game isn't there. And I don't think the run game will be there against the Jets. The question is, can Kirk Cousins continue to look comfortable? Can he step up in the pocket and take that check down with authority, not with panic? That was It was just that there was a different feeling from him ab- being able to study the whole game on Thursday night, watch it as it unfolded. There was a confidence, almost a borderline swagger. And he also has that downfield threat that he's willing to trust the 50-50 balls to Justin Jefferson. He catches them, and he holds on to them when he slams his body against the ground. That's going to be a real t- the real test. We saw Bill Belichick try to take away Justin Jefferson last week, and they didn't have the personnel to do it. Can Sauce Gardner do it? We'll see. I still think the Vikings pull this one off. 24 to 20 they get to 10-2, and two, which is incomprehensible considering where they've been the past few years. 24-20, though. Pull out the game with a late touchdown or holding off Mike White with an interception. Something where the defense steps up or the offense steps up late in the game. The only way to kill the Vikings is to blow them out like the Eagles and the Cowboys did. So Vikings 24, Jets 20. Commanders at the Giants. Washington is a two-and-a-half-point road favorite at MetLife Stadium. But you know what? It makes sense. The Giants have begun the process of falling apart, and the commanders are getting better week in and week out. Do you believe that they'll be able to go to New Jersey and beat the Giants, especially by two and a half or more points? Well, they can't beat them by two and a half. But, yeah, you get my point. What do you think?
2: I, I, I Yes and yes, I do. I, I think the commanders are playing about as good as football as anybody in the sport right now. You know, and we, just, we just talked about it. I mean, they outplayed Minnesota in their one loss in, in recent history here. And really just it was a mistake by Heineke down the stretch. But uh, I'm a believer in what the commanders are doing. You know, the offense, again, you know, they don't have to rely on Heineke to make magical plays. The way they're running the ball is damn good right now. And then it just as we've discussed so much with Heineke, you know, the Giants aren't good at stopping the run. And now we've got to worry about the run and We're not really that good in coverage or have the man-to-man cover guys that Wink Martindale needs to run his defense, and he's got injuries in the secondary. They can't match up with those guys, you know, and then I just think too much of the commander's defense, and we saw, you know, what's the thing we worry about? Hey, the run game with Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones off that. Well, I don't know. I just saw Washington slow down Jalen Hurts in the similar type of offense that way as far as the read option and running the football. So I can't imagine they're going to have a ton of issues there. I think the giants, again, will play it close to the vest. They'll play the right way. They'll have the right game plan, but I think we're just seeing the real giants here as of late. It's not a super talented team. It's just a team that did everything the right way with the right game plan and they executed it the right way. But now they're starting to play some teams that's like, great, you executed it the right way. We're executing the right way too. And we're just fucking better than you. So that means we're going to win. And I think this is one of those two. I'm going to take the commanders tough game in Jersey. Fans will be loud 20 to 17 on the road. The emotional hedge. You want the giants to win
1: You're picking the commanders to beat them. Well, I am going to go against you on this. I think this is just one of those games where the Giants settle down and find a way. Brian Dayball can draw enough good out of what happened last Thursday against the Cowboys. Four days after the Cowboys kicked the shit out of the Vikings, the Giants kept it close. The Giants kept it interesting until, you know, kind of in the fourth quarter and the Cowboys began to pull away until the Giants hit the damn backdoor cover and screwed both of us on our Thanksgiving best bet. Thanks for nothing, Giants. But I, I just I, I think that the Giants understand their playoff hopes are flashing before their eyes. If they're going to have any chance of not being left behind, they've got to win this one. They've got to treat this one like a playoff game. Not that the Commanders aren't either. I mean, this has the potential to be a great, great game. Hard-fought, physical. But I just think the Giants at home... I, this is one of those where I give the home team the edge. Giants at home... First of two meetings between these two teams down the stretch. I think the Giants win 23 and uh, and then we see how it plays out after that. The Giants still are going to have issues. They got the Eagles twice to play, and they still have. No, they've played the Cowboys both times. But they got the Eagles twice. They and the got commanders the Commanders time again. after this. Yeah, um, yeah. They, they may. They still may not make it, but they're not going to die on the hill that is arriving on Sunday when the Commanders come to town. All right, one more in the early window. Titans at the Eagles. What a, what a great game. Woo! Man. What, what, and especially with the Titans losing to the Bengals, a game that we both thought they would win. The Titans are five-and-a-half-point underdogs at Philadelphia. The Eagles have not looked spectacular in recent weeks. Yeah, they were up 14 points a couple of different times against the Packers, but it still felt like they were trying to blow it. And for all those rushing yards, 336, it wasn't the blowout it should have been. Can the Titans – can the Titans – Pull it off? Can they go into Philly, shock the Eagles, and send them
2: to ten and two? Chris, I I think they can. You know, will they? I don't know, but you know, it's it, it they can. I mean, they have the right pieces to to make this extremely interesting and pull off an upset. They're certainly one of the few teams in football where I go they're not going to be physically pushed around by that Eagles offensive line. So this is about one of the first times all year, maybe other than the Washington game, the Commanders, where Philadelphia can't just go on the field and go, oh, we'll be able to run the ball whenever we want. There won't be a problem. Uh, that, that's not a given this week. This is the best run-stopping D-line in, in football, in my opinion, because they're a team that stops the run a lot of the times, and they just go, we're still playing pass defense. We just think you big four fuckers will stop it, and they do. And let alone, I think they have the creativity and the thought here to stop, you know, some of the Jalen Hurts run game stuff. Some of the stuff, you know, that I think they'll be able to do some of the things Washington did. They're very creative, the Titans defense. And they do have the cover guys on the outside to where they can feel good about going man to man at times. I know that not, no one's ever going to feel great about going man to man against the Eagles. But the one thing you can, you know, the Eagles aren't overly complicated in the past game. I mean, everybody out there, you see it. They run the ball. And when you play man to man bump and run, what does he do? He throws a go route or a post route down the middle. That's really all there is to it. I, I think Tennessee can find a formula to make things interesting. And then the Eagles' defense, well, I mean, it, it, I don't know if it's as dominant as the, t- the statistics bear out. I think they've been a little fortunate to play a lot of below average offenses this year. That's helped them out. And now they've got to really worry about stopping the run. We know they're not great at that. And the Titans pass game is it's coming along here. I'm gonna take the Eagles twenty three twenty. But I, I don't I've gone back and forth with this one. Uh I'm just gonna take them because I think they're got a little bit more talent and they're at home. But I, I certainly wouldn't be shocked if it was twenty three twenty Titans winning this either one either, but I'm gonna go Eagles. We got more than a few disagreements so far this week because
1: I am doing it. I am taking the Titans. Not You're having... gonna do it. CJ Gardner Johnson, I think, hurts the Eagles. Traylon Burks is stepping up, getting it done for Tennessee. I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to bottle up Derrick Henry the way that the Bengals did. And, and there's going to be a desperation. There's going to be an urgency for the Titans. You know, and I I don't know. The Eagles are a great team and they're not going to lay down, but I just feel like the Titans are getting closer and closer to, you know, worrying about how good they really are. This is a great opportunity for them to remind themselves and everyone else to don't overlook them that they still are very much alive in the chase for the one seed in the AFC. Not that it helped them last year to have the one seed, but I think this is an opportunity to get back on the right track. I've, I just this is just a I cost in you. meatballs. Titans find a way I to hear beat you. the Eagles. Uh, and uh, you know, maybe the Eagles, maybe the Eagles look past them a little bit. Maybe there's a mindset. Well, you know, the Titans. You know, everybody thinks the Titans aren't very good. I don't know what it is about the Titans where people don't take them seriously, but I think they can go in and they can get it. Yeah, like credit I, I to you. Up. I
2: I I wanted to do it. I kind of chickened out, but I hear you. I hear you there. I really do, and I think a lot of what you said is real. It's it definitely scares me for the Eagles. I don't feel great on this one.
1: Twenty-eight to twenty-three is the score that
2: my very detailed and
1: intricate 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 my very intricate what are you you've been hanging out with me too much what the
2: fuck you doing
1: intricate (laughs) intricate i'm doubting what the right word is intricate mathematical model has devised over the years Twenty eight, twenty three. a lot of factors go into it i tweak it all the time i started off with a commodore 64 back in 1985 and uh matt casey wants me to shut up oh look it's in the holiday music commercial
2: holiday music
1: All right, PFTPM, Chris Sims, Unbuttoned Week 13. Let's get to the late afternoon games. Two, not very impactful. Two, very impactful. First in the non-impactful. Seahawks traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Rams. The Rams have fallen apart. All of their star players except for Jalen Ramsey is out and maybe out for longer than a week or two. Seahawks desperately in need of a win. They're 7.5-point favorites at L.A. over under of 41. Chris, who do you like?
2: Yeah, I'm going to take the Seahawks just because they're in the thick of things and things this, you know, things still mean something to them. Uh, I am. Uh I I I will say this. Even with the injuries of Aaron Donald and that, I, I think this Rams off defense will still pose some issues for Geno Smith and that that Seahawks offense. I do. But it's it's the it's the other side that I have no confidence in. I mean, again, the Seahawks defense is not very good. It's nothing special, but there's just nothing for the Rams. There's nothing there to think that, oh, wait, they could do this. I know they'll they'll probably game plan the right way. And, you know, like we saw against the Chiefs last week, they'll make it ugly and hang around. I'm going to take Seahawks 23-14. We have never seen a
1: team fall apart this quickly after winning a Super Bowl. The other two comparable times were after or during strike-shortened seasons, after winning Super Bowls, it yeah. was the Giants in '87, it was the 49ers in '82. This is bad, and I, I just think it's it's just over. And I don't know that they can even muster the will to give a shit at this point. Seahawks 34, Rams 20. Too many injuries, and too close to winning a Super Bowl to really dig deep and play for pride. All right, Chargers. At the Raiders, Raiders with a couple of wins in a row, looking pretty good. Beat the Seahawks in overtime last week. Chargers finally getting in the win column after losing a couple of primetime games. LA is a one and a half point favorite at Las Vegas with an over under of fifty and a
2: half. Who do you got? You know, I, the Raiders. Uh, you you said it right. They're playing good football. The Raiders' offense is kind of on fire here a little bit. Got it going in a lot of ways. And again, I think the Raiders are better than their 4-7 and seven record. And I think they finally have settled into New England Patriot, Josh McDaniel, whale life. I think they pose some real issues with the Chargers. You know, the Raiders, you could argue, or maybe they're like one of the most balanced offenses in football. Run game's a force. We know the Chargers can't stop the run. And it's a pass game that, you know, has all the right answers and plays and everything that way. I think they're going to give the Chargers defense some real issues. And then, you know, the, 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 the one thing, you know, you worry about with the Raiders is, yeah, it's lack of talent. There's no big-time defensive lineman other than Max Crosby. You know, but this is a game where they're going to be able to play pass defense the whole game. They don't really have to worry about the run. The Chargers don't even really pretend to run the ball much anymore. They really don't. I'm going to take the Raiders to win this. I think the Raiders kind of got some mojo going here, and I just think they're a tough matchup for the Chargers. I'm going to take them
1: 27-24. Damn, I haven't been keeping track of the disagreements this week. I've got the Chargers in this one, 24 to 20. I think that that win at Arizona on the walk-off two-point conversion gives the Chargers a little kick in the ass, a little belief. I think that this Josh Jacobs calf injury is real. Now he pulled it together and played last week, but he, he kind of kind of wore out the leg with the 303 yards from scrimmage. I don't know that he can have the it same game again. I also, think, right. I also think the Seahawks took them lightly. The Seahawks had the break after losing to the Buccaneers, I think the Seahawks overlooked the Raiders. I think they thought it was going to be easier, and they put too many eggs in the stop Devontae Adams basket, and they got burned by Josh Jacobs. I don't think the Chargers are going to fall victim to that, and I think they've got the defense to do a better job against the Raiders than the Seahawks did, so I've got 24-20. All right, two significant late afternoon games. This one is going to get tucked into the 4:05 p.m. Eastern window and seen in a limited part of the country the Miami Dolphins at the 49ers Super Bowl 19 rematch 49ers are four-point favorites the great offense versus the great
2: defense how do you see it playing out
1: over under also by the way a 46 and a half
2: Oof. I mean I can't wait for this game I mean it's the fastest offense in football versus the fastest defense in football And, I mean, we've we've loved watching the Dolphins offense this year and what Tua's doing and how McDaniels is using, you know, all these weapons. Uh, But uh, the 49ers, of course, we know are extremely well coached. D'Amico Ryan should be a head coach candidate for next year. He's creative. And they got the right talent, even if Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw, who are still not healthy and I don't think are going to play here, even without them. They got the right pieces to at least slow down Miami. But I, I don't know. It's still scary. It is. And Mike McDaniel, of course, is going to have knowledge of what D'Amico Ryan likes to do with certain things. So that's what scares me a little bit for the 49ers in that aspect. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, the Dolphins' defense, and, and you know, I, I'm, I'm, I guess here's what I worry about a little bit. The Dolphins, they like to play man-to-man. They like to crowd the line of scrimmage. The 49ers are not running the ball real great right now. In fact, you really look at it here. It's it's the passing game and Jimmy Garoppolo that's kind of carrying the squad as of late. They've not hit that Shanahan, we're just a machine running the football type of mold yet. But at home, San Francisco, the magnitude of the game I think this will be one of the first times that a defense takes away some of the tricks, the Dolphins offense, you know, pulls off against a lot of defenses and gets a lot of the easy completions. I think it's the first game that it's going to be a tough, a tough one for that Dolphins offense. I think they match up really well, but just the 49ers are home. I think their backs are against the wall, maybe a little bit more than the Dolphins here. I'm going to take them to win a 23 20 football game, but man, I've gone back and forth. I, I've written both down, but I'm going to take the 49ers just to gut it out and be a little more battle-tested tough here at home.
1: I've got 24-21, same outcome. I just feel like when great defense meets great offense, the defense has the advantage. It reminds me of Super Bowl 19, where the Dolphins had the high-flying, unstoppable Dan Marino offense. The 49ers were balanced just like these 49ers, and it was a laugh. Or what was it, like 38-19? to 19? Was that the final score? You're the historian that 16. knows all the Super Bowl scores. 38-16, MVP Joe Montana. Yeah. All right. Um, and uh, you probably weren't happy about that because you wanted it to be Giants over the Dolphins MVP Phil Simms, but that would happen a couple of years later, so he would eventually have his day. Yeah. All right, Chiefs at the Bengals. Rematch of the AFC Championship game. The Bengals beat the Chiefs twice last year, regular season and postseason. This time around, the Chiefs are two-and-a-half-point favorites at what used to be Paul Brown Stadium. I can't remember what they – it shows you how these naming rights really <laughs> – I don't know if it's money well spent when you can't remember what the place is called. Whatever the place is called in Cincinnati is where they'll be playing. 52 and a half is the over-under. Chris, do the Bengals get
2: to three in a row over Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Gosh, it's just like – I can't – Imagine anybody winning three in a row against the chiefs. You now that's where it's, it's amazing to think about it. They do match up well with the chiefs in a lot of ways, but I do think there's some differences from last year. All right. So the first thing I would say is I think the chiefs offense is a notch better than it was last year. I think they make you defend more things this year than they have. Uh, you know, they have compared to last year one, Their run game is real this year. Like, you can't just go, well, yeah, they might run it every now and then and we're just going to play. No, it's real. Pacheco's a real force. He adds an attitude to their game. Their screen game and their short passing game has improved. So, I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to just sit back and, oh, wait, we just wait for Tyreek. He'll cross this way and another guy cross and we'll be all over it. There's just more to defend there. So, I, and then, of course, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the game right now. And then... I think on the other side of the ball, I think the same thing rings true to me a little bit is that I don't think the Bengals have as much to do offend as they did last year. They're coming along. They're better on that side of the ball, but it is going to be Jamar Chase's first game back. And, you know, they are pass protecting better, but they're still not really a run game. And last year there was a run game that the chiefs had to worry about. And I do think the chiefs defense is just better than last year. Period. So I'm going to take the Chiefs to win this one, 28-24. I think they're just a different team right now and kind of playing on a very elite level and, and know when to step on the gas and when they got to. And I think they're going to be pissed off that they lost two games in a row to this team last year. They're going to prove a point. I'm going to take the Chiefs. Well,
1: going into this game, we disagreed on five straight up and five against the spread. Let's run that number to six. I got the Bengals. 2723. I look, I the, the, the Chiefs are unlikely to run the table. They've been very good, but you know, they they kind of screwed around with the Rams last weekend. They barely covered the spread. It it felt like for a long time they weren't going to um they've been down in some of these games. They've had to work their magic to come back. I I there's just something about the Bengals and they've got the number of the Kansas City Chiefs and they have extra swagger when they play the Chiefs. Plenty of teams out there are intimidated by the Chiefs. The Bengals, for whatever reason, are not.
2: They're not. They have
1: a level of You're confidence right. against the Chiefs that the Chiefs usually have against everyone else. That's what's stunning to me. You bring back Jamar Chase, and you look at how they've been winning without Chase. All of a sudden, Chase is back. If they get Joe Mixon back as well, and we don't know whether or not he's going to be good to go. He had the concussion that knocked him out last week. They get both of those guys back. It's a different ball game. And, again, they're very confident. They're very loose. Everyone expects them to lose. They're home underdogs, and I guarantee you they're going to be hearing about that in the locker room. They've just got they have got that edge to them that I think makes a difference. And, and they're the one team you. in the AFC that should have had a bullseye on their back all year long. It's worked out perfectly for them. No one's really taking them seriously. And even if they win this one, I don't think people are going to take them seriously. I got 27-23 Bengals. When hey and, uh, i hear we'll you mike i
2: i like a lot of what you said and i think a lot of it's very true you're right i mean it's it's fascinating that this team is you know 2-0 against the chiefs and 2-0 and against the titans the last two times they've played them Nobody can really say that against those teams and there is a toughness about them and a grit there's one of the things i wrote in my notes this week watching that game back against the titans is they're they're like a ball control passing football team it's unreal and Burrow has just found the right way to play to protect that offensive line and do all the right things, and, of course, he's just phenomenal. We're definitely seeing a a matchup of what I would say is the, the best quarterback in football versus the number three best quarterback in football, and I'm excited to see that, that's for sure
1: so do you want to do you want to change your pick is that what you're saying last chance no
2: i do not i do not want right. to change and no, i'm not chance. changing there's only right. one game to, that i've wanted to change or that i've been you know risky with the, the jets vikings is the only one oh. that I've gone, eh, yeah i know that's the only one but i'm i'm feeling good i'm all right i'm gonna make some ground up against you this week i know i can feel it uh we'll see we'll see we got two more games too
1: maybe we'll disagree on eight by the time it's all said and done we'll do the prime time game hope right so. after this
0: All right, PFTPM,
1: Chris Sims unbuttoned. Two primetime games to go. And we're going to get through these fairly quickly because they are not compelling games. Colts at Cowboys. 11 11 points, not 11.5 yet. 11 points the Cowboys are favored. 43.5 over under. Chris, who do you like in that one?
2: Well, I like the Cowboys for sure to win the football game. I actually am going to take them to cover the spread, too. I am. I, I just. The Cowboys defense just does too much. It's too aggressive. It's too fast for me to think that the Colts are going to move the ball on a consistent basis, and especially now, you know, as we saw, you, you saw it again, I know we've talked about it a lot, you know, this is not the type of team you, you, know, you want to play when you can't stretch the field a little bit with the threat of a big-arm quarterback or a fast receiver, and the Colts aren't going to be able to back the Cowboys off. That would be the thing I'm worried about. I just think of them crowding the line of scrimmage and making life miserable, let alone it just feels like a game where Matt Ryan's going to get strip sacked and fumbled like two or three times and probably throw an interception. So I'm going Cowboys 24-12. I'm
1: going 31-17, Cowboys. Look, the Colts did a nice job of neutralizing T.J. Watt on Monday night. I was surprised. You hardly heard his name. I think the only time he was mentioned was when he was losing a shoe. But but, I don't think they're going to be able to – Keep Micah Parsons in check, and I think they're going to have a long day, and it's going to be a long night for the Colts. 31-17, Cowboys. All right, Monday Night Football. Even though both teams are under five hundred, it's a significant game. We've seen the Saints have great luck against the Buccaneers now, especially with Tom Brady at quarterback. Tampa Bay won back in Week 2, the game that got Mike Evans suspended the following week. Bruce Arians on the sideline instigating. This time around, it's in Tampa Bay. Both teams desperate to win and stay alive in the NFC South. Tampa Bay's in better position, obviously. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites. Do you like the Bucks to beat the
2: Saints and complete the sweep, Chris? Yes, I do. But I, I don't feel, like, incredibly comfortable about it. I don't. You know, the, the Saints are scary. They're hard to put your finger on what you're going to get from them. You know, They have games where you see the offense and you go, Oh, wow, it looks pretty good. And then the next week they lay an egg. Uh, that that's where it's hard to kind of figure them out on that side of the ball. Defensively, I know they're going to be ready for the Buccaneers and what Brady and company have to offer, especially in the fact that the Buccaneers just they can't run the football. And now you're going to have Tristan Wirfs at right tackle? I, I just think this is going to be an ugly, ugly football game, a defensive struggle very similar to the one we saw the first time around. And I'm going to take the Bucs, even though I don't feel totally comfortable about this. 20-16 to 16 Tampa Bay. I've got the Bucks 23-17. Uh,
1: the, the, the Buccaneers, they really need to get back on the right track after blowing that game against the Cleveland Browns. They made us all think they were moving in the right direction, and then it all fell apart late in the game. They had the game on. It was the first time ever. Tom Brady was 218-0, and zero, went up by seven or more points in the final minute of a game. And away it went, and they lost in overtime. They need this one badly, or it's going to open the door for the Falcons and maybe even the Panthers and the Saints. Saints will get the five wins and match the Buccaneers if they win this game. So I like the Bucs 23-17. We'll take a break. Best bets and Folsom Prison Blues pick when PFT-PM and Christians unbutton on button.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing.
1: Best bets time, or worst bets as the case may be. We both suck at this this year. I think we're really at a spot where we should pick our bets and flip them because we would be doing great if we would have done that all year long. We're going to try, though, to get them right. Chris, you're up first. Give me one against the spread or an over-under that you like.
2: I'm going to do one of your favorite things. I'm picking the game tonight. I'm taking the Bills. I'm taking that one. I'm sorry. I know you don't like Thursday night for me to pick them, but it's just to me – Three and a half, I I I don't see that. I, I don't. I mean, maybe if the Patriots win, so be it. But if the Bills win, I think it'll be by more than three and a half. And I think they're just in a different class than the Patriots. I got them to win 28-17. Spreads three and a half. I consider doing it, but I'm still not going to do it. I like to save
1: my best bets for Sunday and Monday. I'm going to start with the Ravens getting eight and a half. And I know that's dangerous because it's a big spread. But the Broncos suck. Sorry, it's true. Broncos fans know it. They can't score points, and the Ravens are going to be pissed off after what happened to them in Jacksonville. Ravens win 20-6, to cover the spread. What else you got? How dare you
2: disrespect Russ Wilson like that? His birthday week, he's going to show you. Him and Sierra are going to shove it up your ass. All right, next one I'm going to is the Packers that's right I'm going to Green Bay I think this game just matches up perfect for them Green Bay four and a half point favorites I think they're going to win by two touchdowns I don't expect to see Justin Fields it's over for the Bears Rodgers knows he's gonna put up good stats in this one
1: that's the only one that I feel good about out of all of our best bets so I'm on the Packers as well for the reasons you said give me your last one
2: all right my last one is I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Titans I'm going to take the Titans. I know I picked the Eagles to win the football game, but there's no way I see the Eagles winning by more than five and a half points. And I can see the Titans winning the football game as you picked. So I'm going to ride with the Titans in this one.
1: You do that every once in a while where you make a best bet. The underdog getting points, even though you pick the favorite to win straight up. Gutsy move. I've got the Buccaneers on Monday night. Uh, They screwed me last week. They screwed both of us last week. Maybe we get lucky this week. All right, give me your full. I hope they fuck you with the drive-thru one more time. I assume it's Cowboys. I assume you're taking the Cowboys,
2: giving the Colts 11. I am. I'm taking the Cowboys. That's I think we
1: don't suck at. Okay, that's it for now. See you next time. Enjoy the game. I hope you
2: suck at all your picks this week. See ya.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022